Welcome to MTG Ectoplasm, your home for spirit travel and magic the gathering. On this episode, Rosewater decided to release some teasers. Two spirit masters had diversity of thought and modified abilities from the past. Do I got you curious? I hope so. Let's get this thing started, shall we? Let's go. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining me on this episode. I am your host, White, a.k.a. DeBlanco, a medium that wears an extra, extra large. You can reach out to me on Twitter at MTG Ectoplasm, or you can email me directly at MTG Ectoplasm at gmail.com. Let me know how am I doing. Am I doing a good job, a bad job, or I shouldn't quit my day job? And then you got mtgectoplasm.com where I post the latest and greatest episodes there. And if you want to donate or sponsor an episode just like this one, you can do that there. And then my wife, wonderful wife, she's putting some of my uh, library on YouTube so you can visibly, visibly see me now. And you can hear my dogs in the background doing some type of shenanigans that I have no clue what's going on. It's like I have ghosts and spirits in this house, but they're four-legged and hairy. So, ladies and gentlemen, let me begin by saying thank you very much for joining me on this episode. I want to thank the thousands and thousands of you listening around the world, domestically and around the world. I am humbly appreciated and uh, humbled. I, I, I can't say more than that. I want to say Thank you very much. Now, you're going to be going, Dwight, what's going on with the streaming thing? Streaming is going to come. All right? Due to unforeseen circumstances, I keep on saying this. Uh, due to budgetary issues, all our computers here, they suck. It doesn't allow us to stream. Um, we're going to have to truly update our software here or even get a brand new computer so we can actually stream. And I can visibly have you in chat where you can chat with me. That's the goal. That's really the goal. Uh, with the show i want to expand it out and grow so listeners like yourself or viewers like yourself uh can share in the world of magic gathering now now that the pleasantries are over and said and done with i said what i had to say ladies and gentlemen mark rosewater decided in his infinite wisdom to drop teasers that's right ladies and gentlemen if you're unaware of mark rosewater what he ends up doing is that he used to work for a company called The Duelist. It used to be an old school uh, magazine uh, that used to do, deal with uh, Dungeons and Dragons and also Magic the Gathering. And he would give you little snippets back in the day to let you know what was up and coming. Well, one thing I, I, I hate to say, and I, I love the fact that he does this. He continues to do it. He's very passionate in his job. Uh, I may not agree with him 100% of the time, 95% of the time, or even 80% of the time. But this is something that I agree with, and I want to thank Mark for doing so. So he ends up putting this on his uh, blog, and I'm going to read to you specifically what it says. Before the previews for Midnight Hunt officially begin, I thought it would be fun to do another of my Duelist-style teasers where I can give tiny hints of things to come. Note that I'm only giving you partial information. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen, just a little bit. 
Okay, not the whole thing. It's up to us to try to figure out. And I've, I've taken some notes down. And let's see if I get some of it right. And if not, uh, you can email me and say, Dwight, uh, you're full of poo. Or you can reach out to me on Facebook. I mean, uh, Twitter, MTG Ectoplasm. So, with the first things first, it says three popular mechanics previously seen on Innistrad will return. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, there's a lot there. But uh, there's three that I have in mind. Uh, I'm going to say the Transform. The Day and Night, it's an extremely popular mechanic with werewolves. And since it's Midnight Hunt and we're dealing with werewolves, it only makes sense that Transformation will be one of them. The next one I thought, hmm, what could it be? And due to a very popular card in Modern Horizons 2, uh, you know, the single red card, Darcy, you know which one I'm talking? Um, I'm going to say Delirium. I'm going to say Delirium is back, and uh, we're going to see a lot of more graveyard shenanigans going on. And then finally, Curse. Now, this is something that started off in Innistrad and then became very popular in Commander. And I'm saying this is coming back because the fact that we're dealing with witches and warlocks. And why would we not think that witches and warlocks would not create curses? The same. Now, the next thing it reads, a new drawback for creature tokens that uh, let us create them cheaper. Well, We've already paid life for it. Uh, you know, we are like how do you, like discard. We've done that before. The only thing I can think of is milling the top cards from our library or exiling cards from our, our graveyard. But I'm going to say milling just because Innistrad likes the graveyard. It's, it's always been that way. I'm going to sit there and say milling cards will allow us to create tokens now the next one is a white card that could potentially draw you a card each turn i have no clue i have no clue uh watsi uh this is their new spin on white and trying to make white a little bit more power powerful and allow them to draw more cards uh which i'm for i wish it was more on spirits just saying but I have no clue. The only thing I could think of is that it allows you to draw a card on the opponent's upkeep if you have a said creature. That's the only thing I can think of. Then you have on the next bullet point, a popular Innistrad, Innistrad card gets reprinted. Now there are two here. One, I say for me, because I enjoy this card, and it was Tragic Slipped. I think it's a very popular card. A lot of my friends say, you're a moron, you're an idiot. Tragic Slip is not popular. I just happen to be a fan of it. But everybody, what I'm hearing through the Aetherverse out there is Parallel Lives. Everybody's saying that this popular Innistrad card that's going to get reprinted is Parallel Lives. And it makes sense because a werewolf theme. Makes sense. The next bullet point says, a curse that transforms into a creature. Now, I've seen this. 
before as an aura when you attached it to a creature i think the creature gets a negative one negative one and every upkeep you put a ne another negative one negative one token on it until it gets like three and then it transforms into some three like a three three creature um me personally uh, i think it's something like this i think it's going to be a new version of that type of creature uh i i I, I've been honestly scouring the internet to try to figure out the name of this aura. And for the life of me, I can't figure it out what it is. If you end up finding out what the name of this aura is, that is a curse that becomes a creature. Do me a favor. Let me know on my Twitter at MTG ectoplasm. I would humbly appreciate it. Next bullet point. It says two permanents that can double something every turn. Okay. Sounds interesting. But my problem is, why do I want two permanents to double something? Why can't I have one permanent to double? Just asking. It To me, it sounds like a, a thing where I, it's like a triple combo to three cards that make a combo. Uh, maybe I got to wait to see and see it and go, hmm, this is a great card. But currently right now, I think this card's meh. Now, the next bullet point says a mythic cycle with you may pay x any number of times or shall i say cost any number of times this is going to be multi-kicker this is a multi-kicker card uh the only reason why i'm thinking this is because there was a card i don't know where i saw it but i there was a, maybe it was one of those secret layers that they said one card was going to have multi-kicker, and that's why multi-kicker sticking in my head. I don't remember the name of the card. What was it? Street Fighter. That's it. Uh, Chun-Li. Chun-Li was going to have multi-kicker. This is where I think multi-kicker does come in. Next bullet point says four mana, four mana blue aura with you control enchanted creature. Ladies and gentlemen, this is control magic. Okay, this is a card that gets reprinted from Eternal Masters and other sets previously. If this is not control magic, I don't know what is. The, or this is a different version of control magic. Okay? A popular tournament card in multiple formats gets reprinted with its fifth piece of art. Now, uh, I was watching Nikachu MTG. Uh, on his morning show that he does for me, 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on MTG, I'm oh, sorry, Nikachu MTG Streams. Uh, good friend of mine. I uh, want to shout him out. Thank you very much, sir. But he, he went through looking at these cards, and there were certain ones, and I think it was like Pithing Needle and something else. I'm going to say this card is going to be Blood Moon. That's right. Blood Moon is going to be in Standard. Yeah, it's going to suck for us. But you know what? I'm saying this is Blood Moon. Don't take it to the bank because you might get in trouble for taking it to the bank. Now, this one is, I had no clue. I'm going to be sincere with you. I had no clue. I did five minutes of research, and then I stopped because I was like, dude, I have no clue. The next bullet point says, a character from Innistrad once mentioned in a short story finally gets a card in an Innistrad set. I wish I knew as much lore as I think I do. So I have not a clue. Zero. 
Now, that's that's the one section. Now, to the second section, this is what Rosewater says. Next, here comes some rules text that will be shown, showing up on cards. Hope you're ready. If your life total will be reduced to zero or less, something happens. I'm going to say this card is worship. Because if your life goes down to zero or less, you're still around at one. So I'm going to say this is worship. It only makes sense because these people need to worship something because guess what? The creatures of the dark are coming from the, for them and they have to worship something and pray to God that, or pray to an angel or spirit or something to make sure they don't go bye-bye. This spell costs one less to cast for each creature you control I'm sorry, each creature you attacked this turn. Well, I'll tell you, it's not white, it's, it's not going to be a white, or, uh, uh, a white or blue card. This is definitely going to be red, potentially green. I doubt black, but I, it's going to be heavily red or green because that's, that's what these, cre- these, whenever this creature attacks... You know, it might be white because we did end up seeing something similar to this in Battalion when it came to Boros, right? Maybe. Maybe white. Next one says, as card name enters the battlefield, note your life total. Ooh, I wonder why. That Note your life total. Hmm. Now, my friend Nick, who's been on the show, he loves slimes. So this one, this one's for him. Put a slime counter on up to one target. Sorry, let me reread that. Put a slime counter on up to one other target creature. So slimes are back. I know he's going to be a happy, jovial, giddy little boy. But what will this counter do? Will it slow slow the creature down? Will it impacitate them? Will it ooh, will it give it pacifism? Ooh, that's an interesting thought. This one I think is crazy. Just hear me out. You'll you're gonna say maybe Dwight. Creature tokens you control lose all abilities and have base power and toughness three three. Well, I'm going to say this is an enchantment. This is going to be a global or, you know, world enchantment. And I'm going to say it's going to be a white green enchantment and hear me out. Why back in the day, there used to be a card called humility. It was two white and two generic mana. And basically all your creatures became one, one and lost all abilities. The only difference is this time, instead of being one ones, these become three threes. And if we've learned anything from uh, Prayer Pawn or uh, what's this other one where you get a, a white elephant token, I, I think I discussed it last time. Uh, I think that's what this is. I think this is going to be a white green uh, enchantment that is like humility. This one I find interesting. I'm excited to see where this goes. Each instant and sorcery card in your graveyard has blank has blank 
Well, if you're a betting individual and live near Las Vegas, do me a favor. Put $20 down for me for flashback. Just saying, I think it's flashback. I, I may end up losing you $20 and probably end up owing you $20, but I'm saying it's flashback. Now, one card that I'm excited to see because, you know, I like brewing here and there, you know, when I don't get the spirits that I, I need for my deck is this. Instant and sorcery spells you cast cost X less to cast, where X is the card name's power. So this is definitely going to be a wizard, and it's going to be blue-red. There's no way this is black. No way this is green. No way this is white. This has to be blue-red all day. Now, this one, I, I know for my zombie fans out there, put that many plus one, plus one counters on card name. When then create twice that many two, two black zombie creature tokens. Obviously onto the battlefield. Cause what, where, where else would you put them? Well, why else would you create them? So put that many plus one, plus one counters on card name. And then twice that many two, two black zombie creature tokens. This has to be some weird expensive zombie Lord. It has to be. Or a legendary creature that is zombified? That'd be really neat to see. Now to go to the next page. And here are my formerly chocolatey stained fingers. I shouldn't say chocolatey stains because I didn't eat chocolate today. What, what dessert did I have? I didn't have dessert tonight. Oh my God, ladies and gentlemen, I haven't had dessert. I'm a fat guy and I haven't had dessert. Something's wrong. Okay. Next. <laughs> the next uh, bullet point says, at the beginning of your end step, if you have exactly 13 life, I'm going to say you win the game. Usually there's a lot of drawbacks with these Triskaidekaphobia type cards. Like you had the Triskaidekaphobia, you had Triskaidekaphobia, uh, a fanatic, then so on and so forth. This is where you win the game. Okay. Uh, it's Triska Deca something. So I'm, I'm, that's where I'm going with it. You may cast any number of copies without paying their mana cost. You may cast any number of copies without their mana cost. I have no clue with this one. This sounds interesting. This really does sound interesting. This has to be a red card. It's screaming red, but more than likely, you know me, it's probably blue. <laughs> okay, so here's the final. Finally, here comes creature type lines in the set. Now, the first one, I'm going to tell you, I got excited and then I got irate. And I'll explain to you why. The creature is a hippogriff spirit. Now, I don't know how long you've been playing Magic the Gathering. But, like I said, I've been playing Magic the Gathering for over 20 plus years. Okay? I think, like, in 1999 is when I started. So you're talking about, uh, I guess, four to five years deep, you know, after the, you know, four to five years after the release, the, the original release of Magic. 
hippogriffs have been around. And none of the hippogriffs have ever been good. Never been good. They've been awful. Awful. And I'm like hoping this hippogriff, especially the the fact that it's spirit, changes my mind. Because the only thing I'm excited to the fact is spirit. It's a spirit. And Rosewater said, we're going to get spirits in here. And then we're going to get in spirits again in Crimson Vow. And allegedly a birdie, okay, from Wanti ended up saying, reached out to me and goes, do I, uh, you might get some over in the, the uh, you know, Kamagawa said, you just, yeah, yeah, just don't, don't, don't say nothing. Well, I'm not saying nothing if you know what I'm saying. You, you, you follow <laughs> So, hippogriff spirit. Now, the next one is creature human soldier werewolf. That sounds interesting. I think he may be confused. He'd be like, I'm a human. I'm a werewolf. I'm a soldier. I don't know. I'm bipolar. Tripolar. This one got me excited. A dragon egg. A dragon egg. I got excited because there used to be a deck back in the day called eggs. I'm like, oh, I'd like to build an eggs deck again. So, a dragon egg. Then creature leech horror. I knew horrors coming back. I had a feeling. But leech horror, that sounds, I don't like leeches. They, they freak me out. But creature fungus horror. So, a horror that's a mushroom. No, I I like mushrooms, they're delicious, so I'm all for the fungus horror. The leech one? Mm, no. Then you got a plant horror. Wow, how many horrors are in here? You get creature plant horror, and then you got creature drake horror. So I think once he's trying to say, hey guys, there's you might have uh if you're looking to build a tribal deck, you may want to build a horror deck. Now, this is one I, I am excited for. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you because I have two dogs. I have a pug and a puggle. My pug's name is Charlie, and, and my puggle's name is Karma. I call them Charma together. And this creature creature type is demon dog. Okay? Whenever <laughs> the garbage truck comes around every Wednesday, my wonderful puggle Karma becomes a demon dog. So this is one I'll probably end up getting altered and putting my dog's face on it. Ooh, legendary creature ooze. Nick is going to be happy about that. Legendary creature ooze. Now, I find that kind of funny because how can an ooze be legendary if they don't, are not, can oozes communicate? And do they even know their name? It's like telling a jellyfish, you can you talk can you speak where are you from that's how i look at like oozes just like jellyfish then legendary creature vampire noble well why wouldn't we expect a vampire noble to show up a crimson uh in uh uh midnight hunt They, they gotta make an appearance now last but not least Rosewater says here, tune in Thursday, September 2nd, 
on twitch.tv backslash magic at 9 a.m. Pacific time as we cook off Innistrad's Midnight Hot Previews. For I guess that for means for me, I guess one o'clock Eastern Standard Time, or maybe it's noon. I am not sure, but I will be watching this and excited to see the potential preview cards that will be released shortly. So that's the end of segment number one with Rosewater's teasers. Now, in segment number two, let me just say, is sponsored by my friends at Rec Productions. Rec Productions, they're doing a show Thursday nights at 9 p.m. on Twitch. Uh, I should steal what Rosewater did here. It's uh, twitch.tv backslash Rec Productions at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And the show is the weekly catch-up with Handsome and the other guy. It's a great show where these young men just talk nonsensical stuff, have a great time. You may laugh, you may uh, giggle, smile, cry, pee a little. Just know that uh, I'm on the show, and you you will like it, I promise. So, this, like I said, this segment is brought to you by my friends at Rick Productions, the uh, weekly catch-up, uh, featuring Handsome and the Other Guy, 9 p.m. on Twitch TV, uh, Rec Productions. Please check it out. Now, in segment number two, I reached out to several masters. And the reason why is because last week, Dr. Queller and Andre Seguera both came in with a 5-0 finish in Modern. You know, I gave them a shout out. I was very uh, appreciative that these young men are going out there kicking ass and, and proving that, mon- you know, spirits is still viable in modern. Now, the difference between both of these gentlemen is that Dr. Queller decided to put Chalice of the Void in the sideboard, while Andre Seguera chose to sit there and put it in his main. And I thought it was a little different. I was like, I couldn't like. I was like, okay, why are these spirit masters doing something different? Why is there a diversity of thought? Now I applaud this. I love diversity of thought. This is a great thing to have, and this is a great discussion that you and I can have. So if you and I differ, please reach out to me at mtgectoplasm at gmail and share your points with me, because. I, I was a little stupefied, so I even reached out to another master, uh, Nikachu MTG, who is a merfolk master, and currently he's actually running Chalice of the Void in his main uh, deck for merfolk. And Nikachu basically says that if 60% of the meta plus, 60% plus of the meta is really bad, like... If Chalice of the Void really messes up the top decks in the meta and 60% plus of it, it should definitely go in the main. If main meta is not 60 plus, it goes into the sideboard. 
because we should be able to have our have our way in trying to steal game one from our opponent because they're not going to be prepared for it because there's decks out there right now that are in the main meta in the top what top eight right now that are kicking ass and chalice of the void is putting a severe hurting on them So if you're in the current meta, if you're somewhere right now, somewhere in the, in the U.S., or if you're somewhere out, uh, out there internationally, and you see your current meta, the top eight, and you're like facing, I don't know, uh, let's see, Hammer Time, Living In, Crashing Footfalls, or if like an uh, Is It deck that plays a lot of one uh, mana cost cre- uh, spells, Maybe you should consider putting Chalice of the Void in the main board. And if not, you see, uh, let's say, a less of it. Like, you'll see some people still play it, but it's not, like, heavy in your uh, LGS, or you may not see it heavily played around your communities. Consider the sideboard. Consider the sideboard. According to Andre, okay, friend of the show, Spirit Master, he basically said because of the environment at that particular time when he was playing uh, in Modern, he was facing a lot of hammer time. That there were there were tons and tons of Cascade decks that he had to deal with with Living End and also Crashing Footfalls. Nobody wants to deal with 4-4 Rhinos. No one. And the fact that you got, you know, graveyards coming back and there goes your deck. No, we, we, we want to make sure we put that chalice out there in zero and these Cascade decks do nothing. And then finally, is it decks? Come on. You know, I know, we both know. Hell, everybody listening right now in the background knows that is it decks and hammer times are decks that usually play most of the stuff on one mana. Realistically, the only cards that we're playing in our deck that's one mana is what? Mausoleum Wanderer, Spectral Sailor, and uh, Aether Vial. Okay, it may hurt us a little bit, maybe 10 cards total in our main, but realistically, if we're going to sit there and play against Is It or Warhammer, uh, sorry, Hammer Time, I'd rather have and know that I have Chalice of the Void in my main to steal the victory in the very beginning than keep it in the sideboard if that's uh, if that meta is that intensive. And if not, currently right now, I admit in my deck, it's in the sideboard. It's in the sideboard. Personally, I... I Everyone that I've spoken to, I uh, speak, you know, I unfortunately can't get a hold of Dr. Queller. He's very difficult to get a hold of. But according to Andre Seguera and Nikachu MTG and other people that I've uh, talked to, uh, professionals in my uh, area, Chalice of the Void is it right now. It, it's, it's perfect right now in the meta. Unfortunately, you've got people having answers like a braid, that sucks. Uh, you have Foundation Breaker with the, uh, what's this one? The Elemental Decks. But right now, I'm, I'm going I'm to be honest with you. 
I, I've been telling you guys earlier, like, you need to invest in certain cards. And I hate to tell you, Chalice of the Void was one of those cards that you really needed to get your need to get before they go up and they've gone up a lot. So if you didn't get them, then you may want to choose to get uh, uh, Sanctum Prelate. Just, just throwing it out there. It, it's a poor man's Chalice of the Void. But uh, there you go. But that's the reason why Dr. Queller and Anjay Segura had differences. They both went 5-0. So either way, you can go and play, and you're going to do exceptionally well. But no, you, I mean, you have to really know your environment and where you play. Like the stores, the LGSs by me, be honest with you, because I'm a paper player, they're all in the sideboard. Rarely do I see any of these things that, I, that are heavy that I need to go in the main. And I see if I if I saw that heavy into the main, then you, you know th- these other. If I end up seeing hammer time, a living uh, living and crashing footfalls, and these Izzetex or or burn, boom, no instance of buts about it. It goes into my main board. So that's the difference between those two masters. Now in segment number three, ladies and gentlemen. Watsy ended up spoiling certain cards today. I'm not going to discuss about those spoiled cards, but I'm going to talk about spoiled terms. That's a little bit different than what we're accustomed to from the original Innistrad. Okay? And it has to deal with the transformation cards. Now, the key terms that they're using now, first, the first one is Daybound. The next one is called Nightbound. And let me bring it up on my phone. I have it here, and I want to make sure that I read it, you know, for you, because they actually put these on cards for you to, I guess, let you know when daytime is and what time nighttime is. And trust me, don't be cute. Go, no, I'll just look outside the window. This is a matter of play. And this is how the the one card reads. I'm only going to read the bottom part. Oh, you know what? I'll read it all. If it becomes day or night, or if day-bound permanent enters the battlefield, track day and night for the rest of the game. So what happens is the permanents that are coming in, you really need to keep track once a card comes in. From that point on, is it daytime or nighttime? Because if you cast a card and it's nighttime, guess what? The card that you cast doesn't come in during the daytime. It comes in nighttime. So it's going to come in that transform version. Or if you cast a card that's night, you know, if you cast a card that's, uh, you cast a card and it's daytime, guess what? That card enters during daytime. Now, I'm going to continue reading. It says, as it becomes day, transform all night-bound permanents. If a player casts no spells during their own turn, it becomes night next turn. Okay? So, basically, it's and it affects the whole board. It means players. Every player that's on the board. It's not just the player that's just sitting there, like the, the guy that has to worry about daytime and nighttime. It, it's your opponent, too. You and the opponent have to keep track of this. 
Now, nighttime, it states, as it becomes night, transform all daybound permanents. Permanents enter the battlefield nightbound. If a player casts at least two spells during their turn, it becomes day next turn. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you pay, play one spell, guess what? It stays whatever it is. So if it's night, it's when you cast one spell, it stays night. If it's daytime and you cast one spell, it stays night. The only time it transforms is if you cast no spells and it's daytime, it goes night. And if you cast two spells and it's night, it goes to day. That's how simple this process works. The only difference is, is when you cast a spell, that's when you got to go, okay, I'm casting the spell. It's nighttime. Okay. I cast it for the daytime spell, obviously. Comes into play, it goes into nighttime automatically. You don't have to worry about, oh, did I meet this criteria, so on and so forth. The criteria, the criteria is already met. It's like ascend. Once you get to 10, uh, ascendancy or ascend, once you get to 10, you're 10, enough said. Same principle here. If it's daytime, it's daytime. If it's nighttime, it's nighttime. But you got to keep track because it means a lot for whomever is using daytime and nighttime ability. Now, my question is, what will Watsy do? Because these there are older cards out there that have this transformational ability of daytime, nighttime as well. And sometimes certain cards are daytime, some other cards are nighttime. And then, you know, sometimes, and it sounds weird to say it like this, but it's like sometimes they don't meet at the same cycle. They don't flip around the same times. With this, everything flips. There's a level of consistency. It flips equally across the board. But I'm curious what Watsy's going to do in the long run, in the future, with the old school cards. And let me just tell you, I applaud Watsy for this. I like this. This this gives the game a little bit more symmetry across the board, and, and I like it. Now, am I a fan of transformation cards? Nah. I'm not, a, I'm not a transformational guy, but if I was, this is a smart way of doing it. I like this better than the original way that we did back in Innistrad. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for being here. Thank you very much for being part of the show, listening. Uh, if you have any other suggestions, anything you want me to bring to the table, do me a favor, reach out to me. I've said it multiple times uh, on Twitter, MTG Ectoplasm. You can email me directly at mtgectoplasm at gmail.com. I'm here for you. I'm listening. Now, the cool thing is uh, on this Sunday, I have a special guest coming on. Uh, he's the administrator for the Facebook for uh, Pioneer and Modern for Spirits. And we're going to talk a little, a little bit of magic here and about spirits, obviously. So hopefully you'll join me uh on the next episode and uh thank you for being here so remember ladies and gentlemen while you're kicking your opponent's ass make sure they say that's bushy have a good one ladies and gentlemen <laughs>